Hey there, folks. Alex Lokes here, and welcome back to the Classic Camera Revival. Today, we are talking film, specifically bulk loading. Now, bulk loading is something that there are a lot of people out there in the film photography community that do. I myself have tried it, gotten frustrated with it, and thrown the bulk loader away in frustration. Well, I didn't actually throw it away. I gave it to somebody else who made much better use of it. So we are going to break the myths. We are going to talk about equipment, film stocks, best practices, what to do, what not to do. So like the 100-foot rolls, let's roll the intro. Welcome to the Classic Camera Revival, coming to you from the Greater Toronto Hamilton region of Ontario, Canada. If you don't have gear acquisition syndrome now, you most likely will by the end of the episode. And we're back. And today with me, I have James Lee, John Meadows, and Bill Smith, who all together have way more experience in bulk loading film than I do. So I'm going to turn it over to them with our opening question. What the heck is a bulk loader? Well, I can jump in, if you don't mind, James. Absolutely, sir. Okay. Hey, normally, if you're buying a roll of 35 millimeter film, you're buying it either in 24 or 36 exposures, but you can also buy 35 millimeter film, at least some emulsions, in 50 foot, 100 foot, sometimes even 400 foot rolls. Of course, you have a little problem. You have to get it onto a film cassette, and a bulk loader is just a device that allows you to load in the dark of course uh, the 100 or 50 100 foot roll of film into the bulk loader and then you can start loading it into cassettes it can be a little bit fiddly there's some practice involved but once you have the bulk loader and once you have a bit of practice uh, bulk loading roll of film is uh, is pretty straightforward there are two main types of bulk loaders both will take up to 100 feet. There is what's called the Lloyd's bulk loader. And uh, it's basically the you know Lloyd's plus, I think there are a couple of knockoffs, as well as the Watson style bulk loader. And there are definitely some El Cheapo knockoffs of the, the Watson loader. The Lloyd's is the more simple of, uh, of the two. Once you have the large roll of film, the bulk roll in the device, uh, the film goes through a light, tight felt line slot, not unlike you know the, the felt line slot you'd see in a roll of film, loaded and loaded into the cartridge. Whereas the Watson loader has a somewhat more complicated mechanism that uh, you basically you turn a dial or, or a large sort of uh, rotary section of the uh, of the bulk loader. That uh, that opens a gateway so that the the film doesn't go through, it doesn't touch anything, it uh, it just loads right into the cassette. Now we've just briefly talked about the two kinds of loaders right now. Um, you also need uh, cassettes, and you have uh, some options here. Sadly, not as many as there used to be, but basically with cassettes, you have two choices. You can reuse cassettes from like regular rolls of film that you've purchased, or you can purchase cassettes that are designed for for bulk loading. Maybe at this point, uh, James, I'll toss it to you for a second to talk about cassettes. What do you like? 
Um, well, I like the um, El Cheapo cassette, which is the reused cassette. Um, so I save my uh, old cassettes, um, and I uh, when I'm cutting the film uh, out of them uh, or cutting the, like the, the the film off after I've loaded it, I just make sure I leave a little extra, um, and I uh, I make sure that I cut it straight. Um, in terms of store bought cassettes, I. Um, I like to look for the metal ones if I can find them. You can find them in both plastic and metal. Um, and I've been I've been bulk rolling, gosh, since like 1987 because I learned uh, um, initially in high school. And hey, you have no money when you're in high school, so your film was bought off the photography teacher for a dollar a roll, and he bulk rolled it. And uh, and you supplied your own cassette or you bought the plastic cassettes. There are metal ones. I find the metal ones to be a little bit more reliable in that the top cap snaps on, whereas the plastic ones are more of a friction fit. Um, if you find some old Ilford um, canisters, I think probably pre-1979, they, um, they actually had removable, uh, removable tops. Um, uh, and some of the older film manufacturers um, make them with had them with removable tops as well, so you could reuse the canisters without having to actually cut film. Um, also, if you are um, uh, if you've ever bought uh, Adox uh, CMS films, they come in reloadable uh, canisters as well, so you can reload those canisters uh, if you like. So um, I'm somewhat I've got one foot in in the bulk loading category and one foot out. I do have bulk rolls and my whole objective for having bulk loaders is if I find a deal on expired or near expired film, um, a 35 millimeter film, obviously I will buy those rolls and hence my reason for the, uh, for the bulk loaders. But like, if it comes to new, new film, current dated film, I usually just buy canisters and that's just simply because I don't shoot that much uh, 35 millimeter film these days. I'm more of a medium format guy. I do remember the Ilford because uh, I, I first did. I'm the old guy here, so I, I first did bulk loading uh, as a high school student in the uh, late 1970s for the same reason. Didn't have money, and I'd save up my pennies to go buy 50 foot rolls of Ilford because I couldn't afford the 100 foot rolls of Ilford at least not much of the time. And I remember those beautiful old Ilford cassettes that were sturdy, rugged. Those cassettes would last. Yeah. And there were companies back then that made refillable cassettes that sort of aped that style. Those are no longer around. You can get that the plastic ones, I think they are, I'd say they are good for about three loads and then they start acting up. And the metal ones, after a while they can get bent. Yeah. So one thing, one recommendation, I know we haven't quite gotten recommendations yet, but uh, one thing I'd suggest if you're bulk loading is don't try to reuse the cassettes over and over and over and over again, because they do have a lifespan. And sooner or later, you'll start getting light leaks or the film will get caught or it'll jam or the 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 top will uh, will pop off when you're trying to load the film. Ask me how I know. <laughs> Another thing that I noticed, too, like when I, I when I've used a canister too much uh, one of the one of the key i think success criteria you got to think about when bulk roading film is cleanliness oh yeah and mm -hmm. um you know uh, film canisters are um they have the felt um strips 
that, you know, seal the, the tongue or the opening and they can get dirty um, quite easily uh, over time. So not only do you have to worry about, depending on which kind of loader you have, which we'll get into, I'm sure in a few minutes, you know, not only do you have to worry about the cleanliness of uh, the felt liner, if you have a loader that has felt, but you also got to worry about the felt in the canister as well. So I'm, I'm with you, John, like after two or three times to me, it's a, a plastic canister. If I do use them three or four rolls, I'm with you. It's done. Um, and for me with a, with a metal canister, like a reused one, um, you know, I'm not so worried about like leaks, but I'm more worried about cleanliness. So I do inspect the, uh, um, uh, like the opening to make sure that there's no, you know, as very little, uh, dust particles as possible. I'll even, you know, blow them off with, uh, um, you know, with a compressed air or something like that. But that's another thing you got to keep in mind. And one thing I'd recommend if you're, if you're using current film cassettes, like so that most people make today, let's say the Kodaks or the modern uh, Ilford ones, where you have to leave a bit of a, a tongue of the, of the old film out um, so that you can tape the new film to it. That does mean when you're, um, when you're developing like the original roll of film that originally came in the cassette, it's an extra pass through the, uh, through the felt. Because normally you just, let's say, if you're going to throw the cartridge away, you could just open it with a can opener. But for the, but if you're going to reuse a cassette, you have to just pull the film out and you don't want to be fast. Like if you just rip it through that felt an extra time, again, if your cleanliness has not been perfect, if there's any kind of dust or dirt or something like that, it can leave a nice, long, scratchy line on on your film. Reloading cassettes. I am a huge fan of the metal cassettes. Unfortunately, I am relatively young that I was too young to experience the original old school Ilford cassettes from the 70s. I was in grade school at the time. That's my excuse. I'm sticking to it. But I use the AP metal cassettes when I can find them. Uh, I have a, a decent sized collection. And if I see a store selling them, I'll just buy 10 at a time. Uh, because I just find they're the most durable. And again, as James pointed out, cleanliness is everything. Uh, if you are bulk loading at home, uh, being in a room with a HEPA air filter to sort of grab dust is not a bad idea. Uh, I did have one roll of Fomapan 200 where there was a scratch right down the middle. Oh. And I just mm -hmm. like, banged my head. Uh, I, I don't think we've talked about bulk loaders yet, but the cassettes, I love the AP metal cassettes. Uh, if you can find them, get them. Uh, they're, I find them just the easiest to use. I have bought re-spooled Eastman X off our co-host John here on a few occasions. I know they're virgin plastic cassettes. I know they're good for maybe like maybe two or three more times. And then it's like into the recycle bin you go which is a shame. Uh, I, I kind of wish, and, I, and I'm openly going to say this, and hopefully someone out there in the studio audience, uh, it sparks an idea, because I'm assuming there's enough of a bulk, loader, bulk loaders out there in our, in our community. Someone re -engineer, reverse engineer those old Ilford cassettes and put something out, in metal, of course. Mm. There's got to be a way to do it. There is one other cassette type that I haven't mentioned. It's a bit esoteric, and it's a shame they're not available for more modern cameras. 
but for the uh, the Barnack Lycas, and I believe Nikon might have done something. Actually, Nikon did yeah. for the Fs and the F two. Okay, that this like the uh, the brass. The yeah, brass I think cassette. they were made of brass, and yeah. I, yeah, I have I've, not seen one in person, so I, I can't comment. I, I have used one. I probably still have one somewhere for the Barnack Leica. The thing, like this, is a, a cassette that could last, you know, and you know, forever. And the the neat thing about it is the way the cassette is designed, it does not need a felt light trap the same way because when you put the the cassette into a Barnack Leica and and close the camera, it pushes a little knob which sort of opens the side, opens the sort of the mouth of the cassette a bit. Mm. to lessen the the possibility of uh, of scratching i would love to see someone you know looking at you know like the old ilford cassette like you said bill plus the old uh, barnack or, cassette or nikon compl- cassette because exactly because there are enough nikon shooters out there and maybe they could probably figure out a way to reverse engineer something for canon fd slr users uh pentax olympus minolta etc and so forth because it's yeah there's some films you can really get bulk and um you know you kind of look at those lovely little plastic ap ones which seem to be the only thing available at the moment even pre-covid times you found the metal ones are kind of hard to find you get a little suspect with the plastic ones and you wonder is this thing going to survive until i get that film into the tank what i've also ironically enough is made of the same material (laughs) what i've what i've found on those those plasticky ones is that uh you know after too many uses the the actual the felt at Mm. at the lip of the cassette starts to come off oh boy and i've had a time i've had it where the entire piece just comes out well welcome to the wonderful world of light piping Oh, joy of bliss, said no one ever. <laughs> so if someone, you know, someone out there, you know, if you have access to a CNC machine or whatever, and you want to be a hero for the community, come up with a solid, beautiful metal cassette. And I, for one, will thank you personally. Yeah. And I, buy a shitload of them from you. Oh, same a, here. A screw top would be really ingenious. Oh, yeah. Amen. Oh. Please. Now we're just dreaming again. But Yeah, I know. We're dreaming in Technicolor. <laughs> what really is everyone's preference? I mean, we have the two types. We have the brand name stuff. We have the knockoff ones. What's everyone's preference in this? Hmm. I have a preference. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. I, I am a huge fan of the Lloyds because it's super duper low tack. And yes, you have to count how many turns of the crank you got to do. Uh, but that's okay. Uh, it's like Sesame Street, only you're going, if you're doing 36 exposures, you're going to 31, not 36. It's that simple. Uh, I look at the bobbin quick from AP, the real complicated one, where it's like you can, you, it's got a dial and all that. I'm a little scared. There's a part in there that's going to go bye-bye. It bricks the entire device, and you got to shell out another 100 bucks for another one. Lloyd's you can find basically anywhere. All, all good points. I think I'll give my opinion because it's different than Bill's um, for for other reasons. But um, I do I do I do agree with Bill's logic. Um, and then I think we'll defer to John, who is the expert uh, um, expert uh, 
Oh, famous or last most, words. Or most prolific bulk roller amongst us here. That's better. Um, uh, so I prefer Watson, and for this reason right here. What you're hearing is the handle that just fell out of my Lloyd's um, um, bulk roller. Uh, and I, I like Watson for a couple of reasons. One of them is purely nostalgic. It's what I grew up using. I know how to load them basically blindfolded, which is you need to know, you need to know how to load them blindfolded. Um, and you know, uh, one of my many monikers in, in, in the film community is the world's laziest photographer. So I like that uh, the Watson has a counter on the side and you can reset it and it ticks after you wind each frame. Um, Whereas the, uh, uh, the Lloyd's one, um, basically you have to count the turns yourself. And then there's a, uh, on, uh, the Lloyd's I have are the legacy pro, um, I guess distributed by legacy pro, but they have still bear the Lloyd's, um, brand on them. Uh, there's a little label on the side that, that tells you how many turns equals how many exposures. So for example, 30 turns on a Lloyd's equals 36 exposures. 13 equals, um, interesting, 13 turns equals 10 exposures, 30 turns equals 36 exposures, 24 equals 24, and 19 turns equals 18 exposures. So I guess that's just, uh, as the film winds up, that's the difference in the in the circumference of the, uh, of the yeah. film getting loaded. So that's quite interesting. I never really paid that much attention to it. The other reason I prefer Watson is... Um, it has a, a movable gate, so you. What, I'm, what you're hearing right now is that I'm opening and closing the gate on my Watson. And when you open the gate on the Watson, um, this is the gate that allows you to spool the film from the uh, wind the film onto your cassette from the from the large hundred foot or fifty foot spool you have in there. Um, and because it has a gate that completely is wide open, there is no felt pad in there at all, so you don't have to worry about. Uh, dirt or debris getting on that, whereas the Lloyd's for, for light sealing does have that felt in there. Um, you know, and those are those are my reasons for it. Um, I, I can appreciate that Bill likes the simplicity of the, Lloyd, of the Lloyd's, which I do agree, um, you know, is, is definitely uh, a factor that you should consider. Um, but, you know, I, I, it's personal preference. And like, I know, I'm sure John would probably echo this, I don't think it's anything to hurt your head over. You know, if you find a good one for a good deal on eBay or wherever, or buy a brand new Lloyd's for 50 bucks, 50 or 60 bucks, um, go for it. it. It's not, it's not, you know, keep it clean and you'll be fine. So I'll jump in. I'm going to echo a fair amount of what, um, of what James has said. I believe like my answer is sort of, it depends. So I'm going to try and you know play both sides here. If you are just getting into bulk loading, the Lloyd style is much easier to use. It's much easier to load the film in. It can be tricky, you know, the first time or two loading film into the Watson. And if, and if you think, you know, you're going to get film sweats loading one roll of film into the developing tank, uh, the film sweats you can get loading a hundred foot that you've a uh, film that you've paid, you know, a lot of money for. That, that that's that's hardcore film sweats. So it is easier to load the uh, the Lloyds. A downside of the Lloyds, I don't we mentioned, is that's a there's that felt that felt gate that can be a source of scratches, 
And so if you're buying a Lloyd unit secondhand, hopefully you can have a look at it just to see what shape the, the felt is in because all it takes is one little piece of random grit and you can ruin every, every frame on that hundred feet of film. For the Watson, yes, I like the fact that it has a gate so that, um, it, uh, it opens and there's less contact with the film and you're using the, uh, the sprocket and the counter. I found the sprocket and the counter is, um, on some of the knockoffs. Like you can get some, some ones that look just like the Watson, but they're made of cheaper plastic. There's the tolerances on the parts are not there. I have a couple of those. They're not great. I've had one just break. Um, so if you're going to get a, a Watson, get a Watson, like get, get the, uh, get the real thing. Um, but do try to try it out first, because again, compared to the Lloyd's, it is a more complicated mechanism. There are more moving parts. There is more that, uh, that can go wrong. Ask me how I know. Mm-hmm. So how do you know? Uh, well, let's see. I've had uh, I've had a crank break. I've I've had a sprocket uh, like the film would just start jumping off the sprocket, which means that your counter is off. Yeah. And so all you can do is you can sort of you know you can approximate with uh, you know counting in the head like using the Lloyd's technique, but. Uh, you sort of end up, especially if you're making a film for other people and you want to give them a full 36, uh, you, t- you have to sort of overcompensate a bit to make sure that you're not shorting someone. Um, I, I've had that happen. So so I, I'm at a point now where I have my, like I have six loaders, I think, at last count, although the five ones that work. Um, and so when I'm doing like the double X, I have one, I use my best loader, the Watson for that. I would not use anything else for that. So, but those are the issues I've had for the, the Lloyds. The issue I've had is the, the uh, part of the crank fell lost. I don't know where it is. I sort of have to improvise. Although it's, it's such a simple mechanism. I'm I'm sure I could fake something out. I just haven't got around to bodging it. Uh, You you can order just the handle from Argentix. Yeah, I could, or I could, or I could probably just find a, a, a screw and a bolt and do it and fake well, something out for free. There's that option as well. Yeah, yeah but I should double check the Argentix option as well. I'll make a note to do that. Um, I will mention one thing just to add to your comments, John. If you are buying a, a bulk uh, loader um, sight unseen, um, as John mentioned, do inspect it for cleanliness and light leaks and that sort of thing. Um, I would recommend, um, uh, and I've never bought one used, so I don't, you know, you buy something used on the internet, you don't have a chance to look at it. God knows what you're going to get. But if I were, if I were to find myself in that position, I would um, uh, either find, um, I would do one of two things. I would find like a, you know, a, a, a short, really short roll of a bulk roll that I knew was, um, uh, had not been exposed to light from going to say another loader. And then I would, you know, let, let's say there's just a roll left or 12 exposures left on it. I would load that into the new, uh, into my new to me used loader, load up a cassette, shoot it, test it in a camera that you know has no light leaks um, and that doesn't scratch film and just check it over and, and, you know, waste those exposures or test those exposures before you go put a brand new hundred foot roll in. It's probably going to be worth your while. Mm. 
I'd recommend that if you ever see someone selling heavily expired bulk film online, like, like if you can get it for next to nothing, um, and you're thinking of getting into bulk uh, rolling, and you might be buying a used one, if you can get like sort of a sacrificial lamb, you know, hundred foot bulk roll, let's say for twenty bucks or something, it might not be a bad idea to pull the trigger because then you can use it to test your uh, your bulk loader for both light leaks and in the case of Lloyd's to make sure that the felt isn't scratching the film. Hmm. So carrying on with that, like what, what sort of film can you get in uh, bulk rolls and what really should you be looking for? I have bulk rolled kilometers of Kodak Tri-X, Ilford HP5. Uh, I've done Plus X when it was still around. FP4, I just finished up bulk roll of Delta 100, which will be replaced by FP4. Or a Foma pan, which I've got 200 feet of that kicking around. And Orwo UN54, my favorite motion picture stock. Oh, damn. That just, uh, you, you only can, you really, it, well, if you don't want to pay the Lomography premium, you can get a bulk level of UN54, about 100, 100 bucks Canadian before shipping uh-huh. from Orwell, North America. Like, they sell them That's for 68 U- they sell they sell it for 68 US. Yeah, and just to give people sort of a sense of what uh, that uh, sub one hundred dollar hundred foot roll gets you, that will give you roughly eighteen or nineteen thirty six exposure rolls. Yep. Exactly. And you divide that by the Big price. Then you find out the 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 dollar difference between it and the individual cassettes. Now, if you're traveling somewhere, yeah, the individual cassettes make sense. But if you're just local shooting, yeah, bulk rolls all the way. I'll uh, add some films that I like. Like like Bill suggested, I like I love the UN fifty four. I think my favorite film that I bulk load is uh, Eastman Double X. Mm. And um, which sometimes a lot of the sellers run out. They like they can't, you know, they send the run out of the of the, uh, the cassettes because Eastman Kodak they do not load that. They that's a motion picture film. They sell it in um, in four hundred foot spools, and then there are people who will take the four hundred foot spools and uh, cut them down to one hundred foot uh, spools. It's an amazing film. I just love the look of it, um, and also. Other films, if you want to sort of start experimenting and sort of, you know, going beyond the usual kinds of, you know, Tri-X, HP5, uh, FP4+, Plus, all that sort of regular stuff. If you go to places like our friends at, uh, at FPP, you can get some really interesting films. Like, st- like uh, you know, films that were used for like uh, neg- motion picture negative duplication, uh, microfilm, mm. all that like super, super fine grain, uh, low speed, um, all that kind of stuff that is hard to find in regular cassettes or is expensive, quite often you can find in the bulk roll. So if you want to experiment and have some fun or try some stuff that is off the beaten path, um, quite often the bulk roll is the way to go. Well, also, I don't do it myself because I'm not that adventurous, but I know people who do process their own color. They shoot a lot of motion picture stock, and that's only available in bulk roll and beyond. 
especially if you're looking at Vision 500T, Vision 250D, Vision 50D, which you know, sit there going, that stuff sort of sounds, but yeah, that's what Sinstil's based on, but you're paying for the privilege of having the Remjet removed for you. If you want to save money, and you have access to ECN2 chemistry, uh, which is now available for sale at certain well-stocked photography st camera stores uh, all over. You can probably, uh, you, you've got more color film options to play with. Now, granted, post-processing is probably a, a wee bit more work, but again, you've got more options to play with. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. A couple of my favorites that are often hard to come by because they're very popular and, and I guess somewhat obscure in the mainstream, but that would be the Ultrafine Extreme 100 and 400. Uh, yeah. so, you know, and they are, um, you know, generally like when you can find a bulk roll in stock, like you're looking at about 50 bucks US for a hundred foot roll from photo from Ultrafine online, photo warehouse or whatever. Um, so, you know what? Great, two great films right there. As you mentioned, Kodak Double uh, X to fifty two twenty two, which is, uh, I mean, probably one of the most outstanding black and white films that you can get today in terms of you know contrast and resolution. Like it's you know most motion picture film. What can you do? And we didn't mention the Kentmere. You can oh, often yeah. find no. the Kentmere 100, 400, argentex.ca. Some quite often Jacques in Quebec will have that in the Jesus bulk Jesus. rolls. Yep. Great film. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a bargain. Yeah, I, I can't swear enough by Kentmere. Granted, I have not bulk rolled it, but it is another um, film that's not going to break the bank and you can yep. get decent results in most developers. So if you're uh, – more a cost-conscious photographer, yeah, give Kentmere a good long look, especially the 100. Even the 400's good. It's just, yeah, it's yeah. like... Well, absolutely. I, I think in the in the bargain category, it would be Kentmere, Foma, Ultrafine. Uh, all of those would be just absolutely... Like, if you're on a budget and you're a prolific 35-millimeter shooter, you save yourself, you know, probably at least... I would say at minimum 30, 30 to 40% mm. off individual roll cost. And if you keep your stuff clean, you know, you don't really have much to worry about. All right. So what are a few things, what are some good practices when actually going to load the film? Like, I mean, you basically have almost every combination of exposures to put into a roll. Could someone like load, 45 shots if they wanted to well you could you, you'd have a hard time um I, well number one i wouldn't do it um for one re well a few reasons um one it's not going to fit on your film spool when, in your tank um and it could potentially jam up your camera and um you know why risk it and plus, if you're going to be, I, I have a hard enough time shooting 36 exposures on one roll. I don't know what I'd do with 45. That film would be in there until, uh, you know, the second coming. So, Well, I'll, I'll take a, a stab since I'm using Lloyd's. Uh, generally, for, uh, let's just say, for example, I popped a fresh roll of Orwell UN54 into a Lloyd's. I will affix two strips of masking tape. One, 
I'll write what's in the bulk loader for obvious reasons. And two, I will sort of count off the number of rolls I've done. So I have a rough idea what's left. That's a good idea. Okay. It's just, you know, maybe it's just being the, the fastidious Virgo that I am. I like to know what I've got left in a bulk roll and, you know, it's just because you, again, the Lloyd's being super low tech, you've got to count it out and, yeah, well, that applies to any loader you're using, really. Um, like it, the Watson that I have actually has a metal label um, on it uh, that you can, uh, you know, in a in a in a semi um, permanent marker, um, you could write the uh, film speed, uh, the type of film, if it's color black and white, guide numbers, if it's print or um, uh, or slide film, the number of cassettes you've done, the date you loaded it, that sort of thing. So. Um, yeah, so it's absolutely a, a terrific idea, Bill. And I, I, yeah, that's a great recommendation, I think. Mm -hmm. And I do want to segue. You mentioned tape. I'm going to talk about tape in another context. And that's the tape that you use to uh, attach the film to the, uh, the spool. And this is important. You need a tape that uh, has a, a number of characteristics that has to stick. Mm -hmm. Don't use green painter's tape no. or blue painter's tape. Or scotch uh, tape. Scotch tape. Yeah. Scotch tape. Well, I've it's scotch tape is, is is controversial, but for sure, don't use the low tack painter's tape. Don't use gaffer's tape. Those those don't stick strong enough, and you can uh, like if you get to the. Uh, you know, at the end of a roll of film, and uh, it comes, and the film comes off the uh, the spool, then you have to unload the film in the dark. Um, what I use actually, and uh, I use two different kinds of tape, and I've never had a problem with either of them. First of all, I use regular standard black electrical tape. Mm. Um, I found that stuff seals really well. Um, I've never had a problem with it oozing, and I can even reuse it. The other tape oh. I use is uh, it's just stuff I have around from like we we moved to our current house oh close to twenty years ago, and I still have rolls of the packing tape. You know the stuff that you you know you put in a in a you know those packing tape sealers that you can you know use to uh, to seal a cardboard box, yep. and that stuff is thin, flexible, super super sticky and strong, and it is. Once once you've taped the uh, the tape on, or once you tape the film on the on the spool, with that stuff, it is not coming out. But it's so it is important to a use it use a tape like yeah probably stay away. From, I'll have to agree, stay away from scotch tape because it's not all the same, and the other kinds I mentioned, and also use enough tape. Like there, mm -hmm. I, I think you want to have you know a, a piece of a tape that's you know probably a good two inches long so that there's it has a lot of uh the, the there's a lot of area of contact between the tape and the film if there's not much there it won't take much for the film to come off the the spool ask me how i know <laughs> and that could be the absolute worst you uh you get all this bulk loading done and 
as soon as you hit the end and you go to advance and instead of it stopping, it actually pulls it right off. That wouldn't be fun. No, I've, I've had, I used not painter's tape, but I have used mat. I do use masking tape. And on the rare occasion, I have had that fail on me in a camera and I've had to tip the camera into a dark bag and fish it out ever so carefully uh, to load it onto a, onto a reel. But it's like generally the regular tape is fine for me. I'm always looking for alternatives. Um, well, I, I'm going to throw an alternative in there and tell you what I use. I don't use tape at all. Have I got you intrigued? Yes. Very. I use you got my Avery, attention, sir. <laughs> I use an Avery address label. Yeah. Um, or like any white uh, adhesive backed address label. And I actually fold it over so it's taped on the front and the back of the emulsion. So I it's hard to describe, I guess, but if anyone ever, you know, like an, an address label you would use to print yeah. an address on and stick on an envelope. Mm-hmm. That's what I use. So I, I basically fold, I, I, I tape the front and then I tape the back of the film. So there's, there's, it's on either side. And because it's paper, it's really strong. It's got good strength when you're kind of pulling it apart. But when you've, when you've pulled the, the film out of the spool, you can just tear it. It's weak when you tear it, but strong when you pull it horizontally. Do you know what I mean? Okay. I, and I, I can see this working really well for the case where you're using, let's say, uh, a modern cassette and you're taping the film like the the bulk film to the uh the little to a tongue yes, the, the yes. tail that, that could and i think actually uh, there are people like i, I think fpp because they, they they sell a lot of their a lot of their films sort of respooled that way and they do the same that, that kind of paper tape Okay. Mm-hmm. So I think that is uh, that's a very good idea as as well. Interesting. And I, I should preface that exactly what John said. I don't I don't do that with a uh, a you know an openable reusable spool. It's only I, I use that to tape the like the tab that I've left from an older um, like a uh, reused. Oh, okay. Spool. Now, one thing I will say, if for people who uh, who who haven't done bulk before, some of the stuff is sort of hard to describe in words. So we'll make sure that there are lots of pictures, lots of links to YouTube videos on how to's in our show notes, like the various mm-hmm. kinds of cassettes, the various taping methods, the different kinds of um, of loaders. We'll make sure to put a, a cornucopia of information in the notes so we won't leave you hanging. Okay. Well, that I think about covers it. What final piece of advice from... Uh y'all about um bulk loading dark bag is your friend and i'll jump in and say there is one case where bulk loading might not be might not be the thing to do and that is if you let's say it's color film and you you aren't developing yourself and you have to take it somewhere a some places might not give you your cassette back or they say they will and they don't and also you know unless unless they know you if you're bringing in some roll of film, say, yeah, it's C41. Can't you tell by the pencil marking on the random piece of tape? They might not trust you because uh, they don't want your random roll of film to ruin their batch of chemistry. So so not, if you're, if you're not, not doing just, your own developing, I'd say check with the store first. Not just the chemistry, but maybe the machine itself. Because if you're 
you show up at a, uh, a camera store with a with a roll of, oh, I don't know, Vision 250D. Oh, yeah, it's C41. Don't worry about it. And the Remjet gums up their Noritsu. You yeah. will hit you forever. Yeah, it's going to be a very expensive roll of film yeah. to get processed. You know, just some other things to think about if you are using um, reusable canisters. Um, if you can help it, all modern canisters will have the DX coating on the uh, on the film. So try to keep the speed of the film you're loading. Um, if you're using the DX functionality in your camera, obviously. Um, but if you if you're you know if you have a hundred ISO film, try to load that into a hundred ISO canister. Then you don't have to worry about the DX coating. Um, on the film canister, if they're, you know, uh, if you don't have that luxury, just get a piece of tape and um, and put a piece of tape over the uh, the DX symbol on the side of the canister so your camera doesn't read it, um, or turn the DX functionality off on your camera. But if you practice that, then you don't give yourself an opportunity to forget. If you practice, you know, loading 100 ISO film into 100 ISO reusable canisters or reused canisters rather than reusable but, uh, mm -hmm. and it's not that complicated you know do it don't i mean it sounds intimidating you know when you get that loader take it apart make sure you got how you know how everything works take take a picture of it put it up on your computer screen so when you've got it in your black bag for the first time you can look at it and you can kind of you know have a point of reference to know what you're looking at um, but it's you know we're not uh, we're not landing airplanes here we're just putting rolls of film onto spools so no one has to survive <laughs> <laughs> well that covers it again if you are much more of a visual person we will again have a whole pile of resources available to you on our episode notes and um my name's Alex Lauks, so next time you go to a rolling party, you might want to make sure to be very clear that you are going to go roll film and not joints. <laughs> <laughs> or you may want to you may want to roll a joint first. Just you know that too. <laughs> I would maybe roll the joint afterwards as a reward. You might need it. Yeah, you might need it. You might need it afterwards. I wouldn't do it beforehand. You want to be on the ball, but afterwards, yeah, knock yourself out. Well, All bets are off. This is James Lee. Don't be a fool. Learn to school. <laughs> uh, and how do I follow that? It's Bill Smith, Classic Camera Revival. Explore the role, the world of bulk loading. Your film tastes will be widened. And this is John Meadows. When it comes to loading film, people know me for my bulk. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs>